Welcome to the Sword and Spirit Ministries International Podcast. We are a church with God's heart and we have you at heart. Be blessed as you listen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, my son. Okay, Bob. All right. I greet you, Apostle. You know, Pastor Zandi and the leadership, Yonke, and the church at large. Uh, I like it when they call me that way. Even my grandkids now call me Mage Princess. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. And they ask me, but at church, you allow them to say Mage Princess. I'm like, okay, you also have a right. You can say it. Okay. So, you know, as we are worshiping this morning, I don't want to waste time, but I just want to say, this song that says, uh, you know, I have a reason to praise you, whether I'm down or I'm sick, in the, va- in the valley or up in the mountain, down in the valleys, when you still remain the God. I've been very sick. So this song, Yimi, just like shows me that indeed he was with me, where I thought nobody was with me. Yeah, now he was. I've, you know, when you've never been uh, or tested or when you have never been to a a point where the doctors are like, ah, you know, you can't breathe now. You know, actually, all these things that will make you scared. And you think, yo, am I going to be here this afternoon? This song won't make a meaning to you. You'll just round because people are rounding. But until it makes sense to you to say, indeed, you are a God that knows me before I even open my mouth. There's a verse that says he even knows things that we have to say before we even say them. So I'm so happy. And I also just want to say congratulations to the sword and spirit church for this beautiful church it looks like i'm walking to another place and the devil is a liar he wanted me not to see this beauty it is beautiful it is beautiful no wonder people who are coming in here uh, they will never go back because this is honestly going to be the church hallelujah and for me it gave me the walk i'm practicing pella also footy my granddaughter Lusanda and Doctor Kelani. So I'm trying to practice. I'm trying to practice the walk here at Coco. I'm trying to practice, but I was at seven again. Lenon Postol, I was telling Pastor Zandi. I've already, I'm already imagining Umpostol as a hambanaye carrying a hambanaso. Saying, it's like a minage, let to glamen bawabo. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Blessed is our Lord God, amen. As she is a pulpit. Uh, but I'd like to take this wonderful opportunity and greet you all, family, in the name of our firstborn, Jesus Christ, amen. For we are the sons of God, am I right? Amen. I know a great shepherd. Great Shepherd, who's my friend? Um, Cindy, so Jesu. Um, Colole, so Jesu. Melo, so Jesu. Not that time, please. Uh, 
This great shepherd that I know is a kind of shepherd that would go out no matter how stormy the weather is. No matter how it's fun, 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 he would go out and look out for his lamb. I fool as I told him. I cook, I go, and I paramise. I am being a sandlassake. I am a sandlassake. Sandlassake so moose and so tongue. Amen. So we do have a wonderful shepherd. Under the leadership of Apostle Pigutuada. Can you please give him a round of applause? It is in him that we have a great shepherd. Obaba, Ostanda, Songking, and Bed. It is in him that I know the love of a father. Amen. Aye. Saving in apostle, no mama, and the pastors, uh, um, so we're here just to um, and uh, God has been really good. And also just to thank God um, for the additional member in the family. Um, God, I will give to my wife just to you know, share the testimony that we bring today. Uh, I would like to greet Apostle and Mom uh, and the church at large. Nisuguma uh, We've been through uh, a lot, see family, having struggles to to conceive. is almost six years now, and uh, it's only now Sibano. Imanati, or oh, we've just welcomed Imanati to the family. So, it's been a challenging, challenging uh, road. Where in 2020, we were trying, and I had a miscarriage. Then pregnant for so much that but God carried us throughout the way. I remember. Uh, 
I was two weeks. I ran to mom and I told her. And then we started praying. And then she told me, nothing is going to happen. We're going to be fine. He's a healthy boy, growing very. <laughs> Growing very fine. So this is just to encourage Mshambe Omunyela Oguti. Even in your, it's maybe in your dreams. Oguti Genzega, you'll find that uh, you are pushing something, and then isn't uh, Jige such as Oguti Mshambe, just like I had a miscarriage. But I want to encourage you, Oguti. Uh, it's not the end of the road. Unkulunkulu uh, turn things around. Where like I felt to go to with one tube, there's a big chance that I will not get pregnant and I'm very, very young. That was scaring me. So I just want to encourage you, Uguti, in any situation, even if in Abugega in Zimaganjan, God turns things around. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together and just honor the presence of the Lord? I think we can do better than that. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Lift up a shout. Give him praise. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Please just high five someone next to you, behind you, and say you did well by coming this morning. Say get ready to go to the next level of your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're welcome to the presence of the Lord. Amen. We may be seated in the presence of the Father. Can we put our hands together for our band and worship team? Thank you for serving us with your gift. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Be greeted, saints, in the name of Jesus. Are you excited in the presence of the Father? Are those who are sitting on super comfortable benches particularly happy this morning? Amen. Isn't God a good God? Can I have a, a little more excitement this morning? God is so good. Come on, just a little more excitement. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a faithful God. Amen. I know that the, the transformation might be overwhelming for others, but can it not take away from our praise for our Father this morning? Amen. I want us to be excited, and I, I want us to understand that men cannot live by bread alone, but we live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. And so today, just imagine that you've come to a buffet, and you're very hungry. How exciting is that? Yeah, so um, that's what the Father is getting ready to do, to feed you with exactly what you need. Amen. Before I go into the Word, um, one quick announcement. We're going to have a family meeting after church. It's going to be a brief, maybe five to ten minute meeting with Pastor Zandi. Um, I ask those who are members of the family, not neighbors, to please remain behind. Amen. You are a family member if you are a partner 
If you've taken up membership in the church, then you're a family member. If you have not done that, you are excused. You are free to go. But if you're a family member, I need to see you after church just very briefly. Amen. I also want to um, thank God that we have our mom princess back. <laughs> church looks very different when she's not here. Very different. So she must live long and healthy for all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you, Pastor Manga, for sharing the word that you shared during um, Holy Communion. It really confirmed what I believe the Father wants to say to us this morning. Amen. I also want to just take a minute again to acknowledge and celebrate my pastor, my apostle. Um, the father, the founder and president of Sword and Spirit Ministries, Apostle Begitwala. Can we put our hands together for him and salute the gift that he is to us? Amen. While we are still standing, because I have the mic and I'm married to this great man of God, we are going to sing happy birthday. It was his 58th, 58th birthday yesterday. I know he looks like he's 22. I know he, he looks like a, young, a very young man, but he's actually 58. And I just want us to show him some love. We're going to sing happy birthday to him before we go into the word. Amen. Do you want me to lead the song? It's really not a good idea. <laughs> so we're just going to sing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Happy birthday, dear Apostle. Happy birthday to you. Yip, yip. Yip, yip. Yip, yip. Una one. Una two. Thirty-five. Uh, uh, we fifty. Uh, uh, we fifty-eight. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, for our online church, I'm going to ask Babezondo to just show what the church gave the apostle his favorite favorite i know nothing about it but this is the apostle's favorite this is the ultimate coffee maker and if you know him he's a coffee lover so can we can we thank god for the church you are loved apostle amen amen i don't know if you had a few words to say i'll let you say them i didn't know about this so i was just saying amen Amen. Yes, Apostle, uh, from all of us as a church, we just want to say happy birthday. This is your gift from all of us. 
Uh, you would remember that when we had our breakfast yesterday, I said each one of us, given an opportunity to write a book about you, we can all submit a chapter. Amen. So we celebrate you, men of God. Continue doing what you're doing. As men, we told you yesterday that we, we are learning from you. Some of us got used to pastors who were like you, who enjoy the pulpit. But we know that you enjoy the pulpit as well as using your hands out there. So we celebrate you, men of God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Greetings, Apostle. Uh, on behalf of the ladies, thank you so much. Thank you for your love. You love us so much in the midst of our craziness sometimes, but you show us so much grace and so much love. Thank you. Thank you. And um, on behalf of wives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Apostle, you are truly phenomenal, and I, I, some of you saw my status yesterday, and I basically said, I don't think I deserve you. Um, it's been 30 years, well, 30 and some, but 30 years of marriage that I've known you, and you still stand head and shoulders taller than any man that I know. I am in awe of your heart for God and for the kingdom of God. I'm continuously inspired to do better and to be better. Um, so many changes have taken place in my life. One of the main ones being the fact that I now stand behind a podium and minister the word of God. People who know me now don't know how far-fetched that idea was until the grace upon your life rose me up and caused me to become and so I salute you and I wish you another 58 years with me <laughs> amen amen now that's that's out of the way amen are we ready for the word are we ready for the word you don't sound ready are you ready for the word Amen. I just want to minister from the heart of the Father. Uh, it's going to be brief, but it's going to minister to you where you are today. Amen. Uh, the words that I heard the Father just begin to quicken in my heart this morning um, as I was open and just waiting on him to hear what I needed to say were eat because the journey ahead of you is long. Someone say eat. Because the journey ahead of you is long. Okay, I'm going to read a rather long passage which will help people who generally do not read the word. It's first for, taken from 1 Kings chapter 19. And if God permits, we will read from verse 1 to verse 18. But I'm going to read in stages. Amen. So I'm reading from the NIV. I know I'm a King James girl, but I wanted everyone to understand so I decided to read from the NIV, from verse 1. It says, now Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done. We know what he did in chapter 18, right? He was there busy showing off, showing off the greatness of God. He's like, call out to your gods. I'll call out to the living God. And we know the story. Their gods don't answer. His living God comes and answers 
in the form of a consuming fire and basically all the prophets of Baal were killed that day. So then Ahab goes to his wife and informs Jezebel of everything. And I, I want us to admire Jezebel. I don't think I've heard any preacher say this. But, I mean, I was reading this this morning and I'm like, honestly, we have to give this woman some credit. We have to. Because she's just heard that this guy literally called fire from heaven. And fire came. And yet, she's not moved. Listen to Jezebel. So Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done and how he had killed the prophets. He had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. When you have absolute and complete faith in God... It doesn't matter that he's not a living God. I mean, she should have been perturbed. <laughs> just even if you're not totally disturbed, just, you know, marginally. So you should have been moved by the reports that all my supporters are gone. But the word of God records that Jezebel was not moved at all. And this morning I prophesy in the name of Jesus that there are children, believers, children of God who will learn not to be moved regardless of the report of the enemy. There's something we can learn from Jezebel. Jezebel heard what the enemy had done. He, she had no doubt that the enemy had, had power, but she believed so much in the power of her God. I want you, child of God, to learn to commit to your faith, regardless of the storms that rage, regardless of the things that come, to challenge what you believe, to stand your ground, and having done all to continue to stand. We can learn something from Jezebel. Jezebel is there saying, talk to that guy who's powerful who killed everyone, tell him I'm coming for him. And because she's speaking with conviction, our words, <laughs> our words carry the force with which they are released. Someone will understand what I'm saying today. Our words are not just empty. They carry the force with which they are released. The Bible records in John chapter 6, verse 63, that Jesus said, the words that I speak... They are spirit and they are life. What you are saying essentially is that the word never goes forth as alphabet or as letter. But there's always a spirit of the word that accompanies words when they go out. And so Jezebel spoke from conviction. She believed with all her heart that she was going to deal with Elijah. And so when Elijah hears this, the Bible says in verse 3, Elijah was afraid. The guy who had done the unthinkable, you want to remember that he had said, fill even the trenches with water and see if my God won't consume all of this. This guy knows God, and yet because of a release of words, the Bible says he was afraid. And then it says, and he ran for his life. Someone is going to hear what God is saying. Imagine an unbeliever just using biblical principles 
you know, using, she's an unbeliever. She's a pagan. She's in pagan worship. And yet she employs the principle of the word. She releases words with conviction. And because of that, those words go and instill fear. And they command a change, even in the man of God. Today I decree that you are arising out of complacency. You are rising out of fear. You are rising out of barrenness and you are releasing words with conviction. You are speaking with a conviction and the words that are going forth from your mouth, they can never return void. They accomplish the purpose for which they are released. The people who are coming for you are going to run for their lives as they hear you declare the word of the Lord because you are not speaking from unbelief anymore. You are not, you are not re repeating what the pastor has said. You are saying what you believe. You can say, you understand and recognize the authority that you carry in your mouth. Amen. The Bible says, Elijah heard he became afraid and then he ran for his life. We will not run. We will not run for our lives. We will not believe the report of the enemy. We will not listen for the report of the enemy. We will not. I prophesy this morning in the name of Jesus over the prophet who's been running for his life, who's been running for her life. I speak that there's a new report from the Lord that you are hearing concerning your life, concerning your destiny. You are hearing a word that will cause you to arise from obscurity, to arise from fear, to arise from panic, and you're going to run in the right direction. You are going for everything that the enemy said you couldn't have. You are going for everything that the enemy said was not yours, was not possible. You are hearing the word that the Father is speaking and as you hear it, you are rising in the name of Jesus. You are rising in the name of Jesus. You are rising and you are running. You are running in the direction of the enemy. You are pursuing and you are overtaking. You will surely overtake. You will show, come on, use your mouth to prophesy. I will surely overtake. I will surely recover all. I will surely overtake. I will surely recover all. I don't know what the enemy has stolen from your life, but I want you to hear. The will of the Father is that as you hear his voice, his spirit will enter you and reposture you and you will run straight for the enemy and you will tell him off. It's my time to recover all that you thought. It's my time to recover all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the spirit of the word. Thank you for the spirit of your word that enters your people as they hear the sound of my voice. You are multiplying the voice. You are amplifying your voice. Your spirit enters them and they run. But they don't run away. They pursue. They charge for the enemy. Amen. Be seated in the presence of the Father. Okay, then the word of God says, While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he left his servant there.
He came to a broom bush and sat under it and prayed that he might die. Guys, we can judge him when we're in church like this. But how many of you have said, Lord, it would be better if I just died. I can't live like this. I want you to see yourself in this word. Don't, don't allow the enemy to, to clothe you or to scale your eyes with deception to where you are reading and you, have, you, are, at, you are distancing yourself from Elijah. You are saying, oh, now Elijah and I, why didn't he have faith? Why don't you have faith? Why are you saying what Elijah said? He said he's praying that he might die. It would be better to die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. How many of us have uttered those words? Lord, I've, I've tried, but I can't take it anymore. And then he goes on um, to say, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. You know, when we open up for unbelief, it, it just, it, it takes us to places that are not designated for the overcomers that we are. We, we are victors, we are overcomers by virtue of the new birth. I'm not talking about your circumstance, your situation. By virtue of your new birth, you are already a winner. You are already fighting on the winning side. Now, if you believe the report of the enemy, he can take you down to where you say death would be better, but it's a lie. Come on, say it's a lie. It's better to live. Amen. Let's read on. Then the angel of the Lord came back a second time. Oh, sorry. I, I, I did skip. Okay. All at once, this is verse 5. An angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. Okay. The King James specifically says, get up and eat for the journey ahead of you is long. So the angel comes once and says, you need to eat. Because what you eat will determine how you are equipped for what you're going to face next. It's about what you ate. If you didn't eat, you're in trouble. You'll be swept up by things that have no business drowning you. So he wakes him up. Yay, wake up. I need you to eat. There's a journey ahead of you. And I'm hearing God say to us this morning, I need you to wake up. I need you to wake up out of slumber. I need you to wake up out of complacency. I need you to wake up out of religion. I need you to get up and eat. I need you to eat. There's a journey ahead of you. And this journey requires that you eat. You eat for what you are about to face. So you're not eating because you're hungry. I've experienced that as an adult. I know with kids, we always have to force them to eat. They don't want to eat, we force them. You need this food. You have to open your mouth, eat. But as an adult, I thought we eat because we enjoy food. But I've had experiences where I was forced to eat for my health. Nothing in me desired food which is a real paradox. If you know me well, <laughs> you know that I generally desire food. Even when I'm full, I still desire it. But I've experienced season in my seasons in my life where I had no interest, but I had to eat 
Because I knew that if I don't eat, I'm exacerbating the situation. So the enemy is already attacking. He's already, and then now I'm not eating and I'm making things worse. Okay, eat, eat. There's a journey ahead of you. And then the Bible says, the angel of the Lord, verse 7, came back again and touched him. He's eaten, but the angel is still insisting, dude, it's not enough. You need to eat again. Someone's going to hear what God is saying to them today. This is such a specific word. There are situations that you are facing in your life. And God says the only requirement for you to experience the victory you need to experience, for you to enjoy the breakthrough you need to enjoy, is for you to eat. And you're not going to eat knickknacks. You're not going to eat ice cream. You are eating meat. You are eating bar you're eating vegetables you're eating nutritious food you're eating bodybuilding food you're eating energy giving food in other words it's not you just listening to Christian radio it's you becoming very particular about what word you are listening to you are being circumspect you are saying Holy Spirit you are the one who leads us into all truth you know what I need to eat in this world Word. Open my eyes so that I can eat for the journey that lies ahead. Someone is hearing what God is saying. There is a journey. It requires you to eat. What are you eating? You are eating the word that tells you who you are. You are eating the word that tells you the end from the beginning. You are eating the word that causes you to go straight into the fire knowing that there is a fourth man who will appear. I might go into the fire, but the fire will not consume me. I might go into the waters. The waters cannot drown me. No matter what I face, there is a fourth man. There is a word that you need to eat for the journey that lies ahead. Someone say hallelujah. There is a word that you need to eat. Can you imagine if Jesus didn't know that it was written that on the third day, that even if the church is destroyed in three days, it will be built up again. What if he didn't know? If he didn't know, he wouldn't have declared it. And we know that our worlds are framed, created by the words that we speak. So what you know is everything. What are you eating? Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. From the abundance of the heart, from the fullness of the stomach... From the abundance of the heart, the mouth then speaks. What are you eating? Because God says there's a journey ahead of you. You're going to be required to go into the lion's den. It depends what you are eating. You know, I learned something about Solomon. I used to think he's the, I used to think he was just, I don't know, a different man. Because the Bible records that God appeared to Solomon and said, ask me anything and I'll give you. And Solomon was there saying, I want wisdom. I was like, yo, Solomon was not human. Because most of us would say, I want riches. I want, do you, and most of us, don't, please, don't be hypocritical. You're not going to be asking for wisdom. Yeah, they're saying, Lord, I... I want money, but a lot of it. I want money, Lord. But then I learned that Solomon 
was asking that because of the food he had been eating. Because before in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, says in all you're getting, his father was teaching him. He was always saying, my son, eat, eat honey. In Proverbs 4 verse 7, he says, in all you're getting, get understanding. He says wisdom is the principal thing. This is before he has an encounter. He's been eating. So by the time God says to him, what do you want? His father has already taught him there's food in his stomach. The food makes him speak the right thing. He doesn't ask foolishly. I'm saying you're going to have encounters with God. That will require for you to have eaten. Today I prophesy in the name of Jesus that there's an appetite for truth, an appetite for the word of God. You are not missing Bible study. You are not missing prayer, morning prayer. You are not missing anything that gives you an opportunity to hear the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man cannot live by bread alone but we come to life the bread that we require is the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God we need to know what he is saying because if you know what he is saying then when you encounter situations out of the abundance of the heart the mouth begins to speak out of the abundance of the heart you are able to overcome we are in a season of distinguishing we were born for miracles we were born for signs. We were born for wonders. In Isaiah 8 verse 18, he says as for me and the sons whom the Lord has given me we are for signs and wonders. So then spirit I prophesy to you. As for you, you are for signs and wonders. You are in Nemalatheni for signs and wonders. You are here for the miraculous but you will only enjoy the miraculous if you eat. The journey ahead is long. I remember one year, one of the couples in our church were pastoring in Babani. They were Laminis. Everyone's a Lamini in Swaziland. Um, they were Laminis, and they had their firstborn daughter was called Snowy. And she was, I think when they moved, they had to relocate to Nelspruit. She was like five, five, six years old. Yes, because she was starting grade one. She was six years old. And we had been pumping them with the word. I remember we were on David Oyedepo's books at that time. And they relocated. And within a week of them relocating, Snowy started school. She used to go to, I don't know, some of you will know Nelspruit. So Uplands. It's outside of, it's like, it's outside of the city center. It's just, and she's six years old. And then she went to school once. The second day, after school, she couldn't see anyone coming to pick her up. So she started walking home. Where is home? First of all, you're six. Number two, you just moved to this place. Number three, you go to a school that's already far away. I remember her mom calling me frantically. She was crying. I said, it's not possible. What? I said, it's not po nothing will happen to... That time they are saying the child is lost. I'm saying, it's not possible. None of our young will die prematurely. None of our young can be harmed by the... I was not saying it because I was trying to encourage her. If you are eating, it comes out at the right time. You know what you don't know, but you know it. 
I was not encouraging here. I was not trying to be encouraging. I said, it's not possible. I don't care who picked up the child. She's coming back to us healthy. She's coming back to us whole. And she's coming back today. I don't know how many times she was calling me. The mom was frantic. She just kept calling. She was crying. My child, we've, we went to town. We went where? I've called the police. I don't know where. And as the day progressed, I think it was about two, three hours later, the child comes home. <laughs> they didn't find her. I, I pray in Jesus' name that your mind will just begin to imagine because you don't understand. I'm saying we're in a season of the miraculous. Saviors shall come. From Mount Zion, saviors shall come. We are here to save the world. We are here to show the dominion of God. We are here to be an answer to our community. We are here to rule and pronounce judgment and avert the plans of the enemy. But you cannot do that if you are not eating. Eat. The journey ahead of you is long. Eat. What are you eating? The child got home by herself. Let me tell you the whole story. She gets home. She literally rocks up. She, you see, I mentioned names, right? I can't possibly be lying. It's not possible because people know these guys. The parents and the apostle is here. Parents, and she gets home and they're like, where are you from? She says, I walked. Across town, from all the way to town, and then across town, all the way to a residential area before you enter Nelspreet. And then they're like, how did you know the way? She says, no, there was a man who came, and then he carried my bag for me. So that, because she had, you know how they make our kids carry heavy bags? The man carried the bag. She said, the man held my hand. And then when I was tired, he was carrying me. And the man brought me home. Someone will understand that this gospel is not in words. We are not here for a natural life. We are distinguished. The plan of God is for us to bring heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. That was an angel. There was nothing natural about that man. The man who held her by the hand. The man who carried her bag. The man who somehow knew where she lives. There's, even if she wanted to tell the man where she lives, what was she going to say? What does she know about where she lives? Someone here. Someone here is going to refuse to enjoy God at this level. Someone in this house today is shipping to a dimension, shifting to a dimension of the miraculous where they will command the attention of heaven by the words that they speak. The angels hearken to the voice of his word. So as you eat, you will begin to give voice to the word of God. No matter the situation, you will give voice to the word of God. And angels will be released. Angels will be released. Angels will be deployed to your business, to your family. Angels will be deployed. And angels will begin to do the work that they were meant to do. They are ministering spirits for the child of God. You know, Pela, we could have been panicking and speaking nonsense. 
We could have been talking about how they kidnap children. We could have been saying, how will she survive? They kidnap children. You can't talk like that. The journey ahead of you requires that you speak a different language. But if you are limited to a natural, you won't see the miraculous. Not because that's not God's plan for you, but because you haven't eaten. You need to know who God says you are. You need to know the power that is at work on the inside of you. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, through the power that is at work on the inside of you. Today I activate that power in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is activated on the inside of you. No longer shall you be content with what is ordinary. There is an energy that begins to work. There is an energy that arises within you, begins to work in you. Commanding the miraculous. Isaiah 2 verse 2 in the last days the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted above the mountains of the earth and nations will then stream to you and say teach us the ways of your God. I prophesy that you are arising you are eating you are eating you are eating you are eating because the journey ahead of you is long as long as we're here, Bazalani, there are going to be trials, there are going to be challenges. But eat. I want you to be more conscious. You see, as I'm releasing this word, it's the Father who's releasing it. There's a fire that will begin to burn in you. It will feel like it's a physical fire. I actually am feeling a burning in my belly right now. And I know that it's not just me. It's what the Father is doing. There's a fire. And I don't want you to just leave it. I want you to collect. I want you to embrace it. I want you to say yes to the activation that I know by the Spirit of God is already taking place in your life. You will not rest anymore. You will not play church. You will not just be religious. But there are divine encounters that are waiting for you as you embrace that fire. Thank you, Lord, for the fire that you kindle. It cannot be quenched. It cannot be quenched. Thank you that it's a fire that speaks for itself in the hearts of your people. I release it in the name of Jesus. Receive fire. Receive fire. Here Here Makarakapuya. surukuda. Leketaya. Rakata. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Yes, yes, thank you, Lord, for fire. Shoot, two, 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 That's the fire of the Holy Ghost. Never again. Makaraka, loba turaka zeriado. Never again. Yakapoya puyatea, zebedere kotarakada. Thank you, Lord. The scepter 
of the wicked one is not resting on land allotted to the righteous because the fire of God is releasing judgment on what shouldn't be present in your life. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, this morning, I just understood that God wants a face-to-face -face <laughs> with some people. So that's why I'm not, I'm not even disturbed by those on the floor who are screaming, I expected it. I'm just asking you why you are not having your own encounter. Because the design of God today is that he has a face-to-face -face with you. You can't be waiting for a face-to-face -face with a pastor. When your father, your heavenly father, is saying, I want to encounter you. I want you to just be communing with him. As you hear the word, I want you to be communing. I want you to be eating. I want you to be hearing what he's saying to you. Hallelujah. Verse 8 says, so he got up and ate and drank and strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. The food that we eat will take us to the right place. Verse 9, then he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? Whew. I feel like God is asking some of us, what are you doing there? What are you doing in depression? What are you doing in sickness? Oh, Elijah, what are you doing in the cave? Your father is asking, what are you doing in poverty and lack? He's saying, when, when the unlab, busy being needy, what are you doing in poverty? God wants to know. He wants to know because that's not where he placed you. It's not. At the mountain of God, there's provision. When we live where we're supposed to live, we live in abundance. John 10, 10 says it's only the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, but I have come that they might have life and have it in abundance. First Timothy, I believe, chapter 2, verse 17 or 27. Please put it up because I'm not sure where it is. But he says he wants us to enjoy things freely. Verse 6 talks about, okay, we'll come back here, but I think it's First Timothy, chapter 1, verse 6. Maybe let's check there first. Verse 6 will say, is supposed to say, the love of money is the beginning of evil. Okay. Can we find it on our phones if you can? Please help me. Because then verse 17 will then give us the one that I'm looking for. Thank you, Jesus. No, let's check. Is, what is this? It's all 610. Please go to First Timothy 610. Yes, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay, uh, I heard a pastor make a correction and say, not all evil, it's just the root of evil. There are many other things that 
are the root of evil. How many people do you know who don't actually like money, but they are very wicked? Yeah, so it's not, he was actually explaining that from the original text, it doesn't say the root of all evil. It says it's the root of evil, not all evil. Okay. And then he says, uh, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through many sorrows. Let's check 17. Yeah, it says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. Okay, so God is not mad at you when you are wealthy. He just says, don't be, don't first of all trust in your riches. Don't make it what you now lean on. Like your confidence is, at least I have money, I'll deal with it. My money, your trust must still be in God. And then he says, don't be high-minded. You know, that means don't look down on other people and feel like you are better than them because you have money. But in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy? I just wanted us to see that God wants you to have things richly, not because you need them, just for fun. God is not angry that you think if you have money, you are going to buy a sports car or a Lamborghini. Or he's not mad. He gives us all things for us to enjoy. So he says, charge them that are rich, that they not be high-minded, don't trust in certain, but in the living God who giveth us all things to enjoy. I, let's check verse 18. I think it then speaks about being generous. That they do good that they do good, that they be rich in good works. That just speaks of generosity. If now you are enjoying, you can't just enjoy. So when I say, we are happy to be wearing new clothes, we won. Who else is a beneficiary of the blessing of Mbanlum Toksag? Who's benefiting from your wardrobe? Mwe. You're not doing well. Yes, because if you are focusing on yourself, you're not doing well. There must be people who are happy. They're like you. They that do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute and willing to communicate. So it's, it's not that God doesn't want you to have. In fact, his will, he says, I've given you past tense. I digress. I'm going back to eating. But I'm here because some of you, God is asking you, what are you doing in poverty? I've given you all things to enjoy, not just to make ends meet. I want you to be happy. I'm your father. This week as we we're praying, a word was shared that God is saying to us, let's embrace his fatherhood. Profound word. He said, embrace my fatherhood. And then he said, some of you are calling yourselves by names that I am not calling you. So you say, I'm poor. And then he says, you are rich. He says, I've made you rich, but you are saying, and God is like, I don't know you. Because you're not using the name that I have given. You're not embracing my fatherhood. Fathers give identity. So if you are my father, I should be getting my identity from the words that you speak, not from anywhere else. 
And I shared with the ladies that when I was young, very, very, when I was a baby, really, I was in grade two, in my defense, I gave myself a new name because all my siblings had English names, but I'm the only one who only has Siswati names, Siswati Zulu. I'm Zandile, Zanele, Nomfundu. Those are all the names I was given. And I wanted an English name. My sister is Cynthia. My other sister is Patience. So I got to school without talking to my parents, and I told them at school that my name is Prudence. <laughs> I said I was Prudence, Pastor Prude. And my mom belted me. When she found out, when she eventually found out that all my school books are written Prudence and Luli Prudence, yo, she was so upset. She was like, Mban Prudence, who told you that you're Prudence? And then she smacked me really hard. She smacked me because if anything had happened to Prudence, she would never would have known that it's her child. So even if the school said Prudence and Luli is hurt, she would not have been moved because she never gave birth to a Prudence. She gave birth to a Zandi. Some of us are doing that to God. We are, we've given ourselves names. And he's like, I don't know who you are. I've, I never made you sick, but you're calling yourself sick. I never made you poor. I made you rich. But you're saying I'm poor, I'm struggling. I never made you a failure, but you're saying you're defeated. You're saying I can't. And God was saying to us, embrace my fatherhood. So the question is, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing in that place that has named you a different name from the original name? Because if you were eating, when we eat, we remember. Even if we had forgotten for a while. Once I start eating, I'm like, aye, aye, aye. You remember the story of the prodigal son? And how he then was like, my, at my father's house, they are eating proper food. He was eating the wrong thing, and the Bible says he came back to his senses. He was eating with pigs. When you eat, there's something that happens to your mind. At least there's something that should happen. Even when you're eating the wrong thing, something should say, mm -mm, this shouldn't be my life. This should not be my life. When I'm struggling, something should say to me, but this is not the life that I chose when I chose Jesus. What are you doing here? And Elijah responds, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with one sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me. Sounds like such a well-rehearsed response. Um, I want to, I wish I could just move on, but yeah, our time is up. So I'll go straight to the end. Um, verse 13. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face. Okay, so Elijah has an encounter where there's a thunder and God is not in the thunder. We know the story, at least most of us should know. But there are huge happenings that really, there's an earthquake. And he's thinking God might be here and God is not there until he hears a still small voice. And when he hears the still small voice, God asks him again in verse 13, please read the chapter on your own. He's, then a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
what are you doing here? And then he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord. He's giving the same response, like word for word. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. Verse 18, this is God now speaking to him. He's telling him the future. He basically tells him that there's nothing like that. And in verse 18, he says, Yet I reserve 7,000 men in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. So God brings correction to the fallacy in his life. And basically, when he eats what God is saying, and so when we eat, we're eating the word. We started with men cannot live by bread alone. So every time we hear the word of God, we are eating, essentially, right? And when he eats that word, suddenly he has strength. For starters, he recognizes that he's not alone. I don't know what has made you feel isolated, child of God. You feel like you're just alone in this world. You feel like they don't understand I'm a single parent. They don't understand. They don't understand my husband beats me up. They don't understand. They don't understand I have an abusive father. They don't understand I don't have a father. In fact, I don't have parents. I'm an orphan. They do. There are things that isolate you, but I dare you today to arise and eat and begin to question your surroundings. Elijah, what are you doing? Zandi, what are you doing here in poverty? What are you doing in lack? Begin to question and then go back to what he's saying. As you eat what he's saying, allow the word to stand you up. Allow the word to stand you up, to cause you to stand. In Ezekiel 2 verse 2, the Bible says that I heard the Lord and his spirit entered me and stood me up. The word has the ability. Even if you're Elijah, you're already hiding in the cave. You are moving as far away. Peter, the Bible says he walked for 40 days and 40 nights. He's there moving as far away from Jezebel. And that's why God is saying, what are you doing? I've not called you to run. I've called you to face your enemies. And I've even caused men. I've placed men who will help you. You are not alone. He says, Jehu, I've put Hazael, and then if, if there are some who will escape him, there's Jehu who will take care. Like God has a plan for your life. God, God, God has planned everything concerning your life. What are you doing where you're afraid of the future? What are you doing in that place where you're not sure what's going to happen to you? God is saying, I have a plan. And if this plan doesn't work, I have a plan B. If this one fails, I have another one. But the bottom line, my will for your life will not be thwarted. What I decided concerning Concerning you is coming to pass. All that I require is for you to believe my word. Is for you to eat my word. Is for you to speak my word. All that I require for you is for you to change your identity. Stop getting your identity from the lies of the enemy. Stop embracing the reports of the enemy. What I require of you is to allow that spirit, the same one that raised Jesus from the 
dead. He says in John 7 verse 37 that we will come to him. We will drink if we are hungry. And then he says there are rivers of life giving water that will begin to flow from within us. I'm saying to you child of God, according to your hunger, you are eating and as you eat, there is a river of life. Refreshing is not coming from without. It's not from outside of you. There are wells of refreshing, of encouragement that will begin to arise on the inside of you and you will change your posture. You will change your position. You will remember that his promises are yes and amen. That he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent of his promises. As you take in his word, as you eat his word, it's causing you to stand up. There's an energy. There's a fresh energy that comes into you and you will go straight for the enemy. What you are afraid of is already judged in your life. The thing that you fear the most. Remember that woman, that Samaritan woman, she just had words from Jesus. And the thing that she feared the most melted in an instant. Can you imagine if you could hear what God is saying to you? The thing that you are most afraid of will just melt in an instant, melt and go. Melt and go because you are eating. This is what I heard distinctly the father say this morning. He says, tell my children to eat. The journey is long. There are going to be tests. There are going to be hurdles. There are going to be challenges. But if you have been eating, how you respond to them is very different. The thing that made you respond the way you did was that you were not eating. I remember there was a time when my, my niece was in a, was, okay, she was always traveling by bus. And then that bus overturned. And for the first time the day the bus overturned, she did not board the bus. The bus that takes them from school. She just, she says she felt like she shouldn't. And when that happened, I think for that year or more, I was praying for her more than I was praying for anyone else in my family. It was a specific instruction. It's the same with my son, Moby. There were two years of his life where I was almost not allowed to pray for anything else. And God kept telling me that it's because of the future, but I want you to create it now. I'm saying to you, she did not coincidentally miss the bus. Something in her made her feel like not jumping into the bus. Because when you are eating, you decree words and you frame your world. You protect your loved ones. The words make you wake up and speak the end from the beginning. That even though a thousand may fall on the left, ten thousand on the right, it will never come near my tent. It will never come near my dwelling place because I am covered. My children are covered. You declare that every day. When the bus is supposed to overturn, your child just feels like I'm not jumping in. She can't explain it, but you've been eating. And because you've been eating, you started speaking. I know I've shared this many times that I was praying in the morning and I wanted to go 
first hour, second hour, I was arrested in prayer. I couldn't stop praying. I was praying and I wanted to stop because I had things to do and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me stop. I just kept on groaning. I just kept on groaning. First hour, second hour, third hour. I think it was the fourth hour. Someone just comes, knocks on my door and gets into my bedroom. And that is not something that people who know me will do. But they did it that day. And when I turned to look, my son was there. His teeth were all knocked in. And he was bleeding profusely. He had a head injury. His teeth were knocked in. He was dripping blood everywhere. He had just been in a car accident. And when I saw that, I started laughing. My son was bleeding, but there was a laughter that welled up in my spirit. Because when you are eating, even the reaction is not the prescribed one. When I looked at him, I immediately knew why I couldn't stop praying. I knew that the devil wanted to kill this boy. The devil was not trying to harm him. The devil doesn't joke like that. He was trying to end him and consequently end me. I didn't have capacity for that sort of drama. He would have killed, you know, two birds with one stone. He just knocks that one down. This one is finished, this side. That's what would have happened. However, when you eat, then he even teaches you to pray. You are like, okay, Lord, I'm praying for an hour. He says, no, you're praying a bit more. It's because you're eating. Something, this thing that you're eating is speaking in you. You can't stop praying. Not now. You're like, I don't know what I'm praying. He says, press in. You're just praying. You don't know what it is. And then he shows you and you're like, so I was just saved because I was eating. I'm saying to someone here, your journey is long. Eat. You need to know who God says you are. You need to understand the authority that you have. You need to walk in the authority that you have. You can't be powerful and empowered only on Sunday. It, you must take it to your workplace. You must take it to your family. When they say this person is sick, you must say never. When they are saying there's a casting down, you are saying no. There's a lifting. You are speaking as thus says the Lord. Why? Because you've been eating. Today I decree by the Spirit of God that an insatiable hunger is coming over us to eat, to dwell in the land and eat. We are going to eat the word. We're going to separate ourselves for the word. You know, Bazalan, I know that the Bible says meditate, focus on the word. Keep looking at it, Joshua 1 verse 8. Meditate. It's not even the way that it sounds because I know as you're listening to me, you're like, how can I just be there? I need to work. I have children. I have a husband. Meditate at the word. Yes. It's easy. It's not as hard as it sounds. When you're eating, you can be watching TV. And all you're seeing and hearing is a sermon. <laughs> because you eat too much. When it's time to eat, you eat. So even though you're watching, God is there speaking to you. Even though it's like you don't know how to zone out. Even when you are zoning out, you just hear. You just, the food that you eat makes you hear. So you're busy with your own things and you're hearing God say, um, this year you're entering into unparalleled riches. It's your year of, like unprovoked, like you didn't ask God, you're not praying, you're not interceding, you don't even feel like you're looking for riches. 
he starts telling you there's a place where when you are eating, your communion is not broken. It's not broken by the fact that right now you are doing bokapet. The apostle was here. He did, this is the work of his hands, this one here. Yes, it's true. You can clap hands. Of course, there were many people who didn't do it alone. But I'm, I'm saying that while you are doing other things, can I just share one more thing before we pray? Paul was so aware of the presence of God that the Bible says they were cutting his apron and taking it to the sick and the sick were getting healed. But you see, the apron that they were cutting is the one that he was using when he was making tents. It's not the one he was using when he was teaching the word. Someone will hear what God is saying. God is not requiring you to be superficial. Yeah, well, now you are not doing business anymore. Yeah, he's requiring a face-to-face -face with you. He's inviting you to a deeper intimacy where his voice is so loud that even when you are facing that way, when he speaks, you turn. You can hear, okay, my father said. This is what I heard my father say. When you are eating, you hear the voice more clearly. You see, if my husband were to go to another room, Let's say he traveled to America, and then we were here in church. I dropped him off at the airport in the morning, then I came to church. And then I heard someone laugh that side. I would know that he didn't board that plane. Do you understand? If he was the one laughing that side, even if my mind says, but I left him at the airport, the way I know his voice... I don't care the circumstance. I would just be like, no, it means my husband didn't. Somehow he missed that flight. He's in that room. Because I know his voice very, very, very well. I know his laugh very, very, very well. I'm not familiar with his cry, though. I think if he cried, I wouldn't know. I'm saying that to say, as you walk with God, as you eat, as you fellowship with him, even if you just know, on Friday, when we did the all-night prayer, God said to me, there are two people. There was another one with fibroids. There was another one with, who, who, who had three near misses. Like, almost get married, and then it gets cut off. Almost get married, and then it gets cut. Like, and God was delivering that person. And I don't know, maybe they thought it was shameful. They didn't come. You see? When they were supposed to come forward. And even the one with with five roots, didn't come to the front. That didn't make me go and question God. Father God, did you say or did you not say? I knew very well that you were just foolish because it was for your deliverance. God was not speaking to shame you. But it didn't put me where I started asking myself, did I hear from God? Did I not hear from God? I'm telling you the truth. I, I just chose to be generous enough not to insist but I knew that you are missing an opportunity to be delivered. And it's a big mistake. Because I wasn't thinking about it. I just know my father's voice when he speaks. He says, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. My sheep, they hear my voice. I heard him clearly. And I'm so grateful that he brought that up. Because I hadn't, it wasn't part of the sermon. So your deliverance is you're getting another chance to get prayed for.
you're getting another chance. If you have fibroids, if you have cysts, this word is not in words. Men's wisdom, it's in power. You're going to be delivered. If you are here, you've been in relationships that are meant to lead to marriage, but every time before it gets there, it just disappears. You're going to be delivered today. Amen. Can we stand to our feet so we can pray? Thank you, Lord. Ladro Shara Kaderia Serekadea. Thank you for speaking to us where we are. Lidre Zeriada. Father, our choice. Can you lift your hands and open your mouth? Begin to talk to your father. My choice after hearing this word is to eat, Lord. I heard you ask me, what am I doing here? I refuse to stay here where I am calling myself by a name that you have never called me by. Come on, open your mouth and talk to your father. I repent, Lord. I repent for embracing poverty. I repent for embracing sickness. I repent for embracing lack. I repent for embracing confusion. I repent. I embrace your word. I embrace your fire that you have shut up in my bones. It's activated. I'm consumed by you. Your voice is clear to me. I hear your voice and I run. Shikaraka. I'm strengthened. I'm repositioned and repostured. Thank you, Jesus. Your word grows and prevails in me. It never goes forth to return void. Thank you, Jesus. We turn away from what is not yours from what you are not saying our answer is yes lord to eating our answer is yes lord to changing our identity and identifying with reality we give you praise thank you father thank you for deliverance in this house today as the apostle comes to the stage can i please first have the ones that i already called out cysts or fibroids please come if you are struggling with that and if you are always getting into relationships and then they don't go where they are supposed to go, they get cut off prematurely. Just come. The Lord is delivering you. I believe there are more deliverances that are taking place this morning. But please just come quickly. This is for you. This is for you. This is for you, for your deliverance. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Can the ashes also come to assist? There's deliverance. The yoke is being broken. Every sickness is falling off. Thank you, Lord. Apostle. Apostle, thank you. also to pray for people who are sick if you're sick in your body would love to pray for you as well um, you can just show by lifting up your hand wherever you are and I want if you're sick in your body just show by lifting up your hand I want the people next to you to lay their hands on you please those who are seeing the people who have lifted please go there and lay the, your hands. Go there and lay your hands on them. Go there and pray for them. 
talking to you, Babek Nene. Go there and pray for them. Go there and pray for them. Just lay your hands on them. Just lay your hands on them. Find the people. Find the people who are who have lifted their hands. Please lay your hands on them. Yes, thank you. Lay your hands on them. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. You you can pray for them while. Father in the heaven there is no sickness we release the life that comes from heaven the life 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 that comes from heaven you said in your word let the heaven let 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 your kingdom come here father we thank you for the healing power that is flowing in this house that father everyone who has raised their hand oh god they are receiving the touch from you that father you are dealing with sickness you are setting them free in the name of jesus shebre sianda rakaseki zebre bebebe saka rikando robobosia zebre bebebe Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for deliverance that is happening. Let's continue to join as we pray for the sick. Let's pray in the spirit and, and join our faith in the healing of everyone who seeks. Let's not be spectators. If you are well, release your faith. Release your faith. Release your faith right now. Shake out the river.